such a privilege, such an honor, honor to teach the word. So good to be up here. Um, happy to share this morning on the most excellent way. I just want to warn you, Brianna, it's going to take a little while until I get to that first slide. I want to share a couple of testimonies of just how the Father has shown me so much love. I have tons of testimonies. Don't worry, I won't share them all. But I, wanted, I want to share how um, it's about... 25 years back, it's, I um, was about to get married to my South African prince. I was back in Chicago, getting ready, um, and I went back to my chiropractor. A few years earlier, back problem that I had, I didn't know it was mild dorsal scoliosis, but that's what it was, got triggered under just heavy air conditioning vent. I used to work as a secretary for an accountant. He was the chief accountant for uh, Florsheim. There on Canal Street, no longer exists. <laughs> Not there anyway. Um, and so I, got, I developed this problem, this stiffness, and ended, ended up going to this Cairo for adjustments. And um, that came together. But years, a few years later, like I said, just before my, my wedding, I, I went back to him just to have a look. And he, uh, he had a look at my spine, and he made this pronouncement that I could not stomach. He said, um, yeah, there's a, there's a curvature there, and, you know, it's, it doesn't look too bad right now, but by the time you're an old lady, you're going to be, you know, a little bit bent over. I was like, That's, this is not good. You know, the scripture starts to bounce, bounce to your head. Whose report are you going to believe? Anyway, I had to get on with just getting prepped for the wedding. My knight in shining armor was about to fly over in the next couple of months and continue along to just get ready for the, the wedding. We got married, and over the first year of, that, of our uh, marriage, I had such pain on the muscles that, that um, aligned around my spine. It was so bad. Chris used to give me massages, and then he'd do, like, you know, counter-pressure about a year into that, we had a um, relating pastor come out from, from Holland. He was a Dutch man with a huge healing and evangelistic um, gifting. And I was part of the worship team. We were so excited. He, he was teaching. And I just remember in those three days just sitting and feeling like this, this is what it must have been like to sit and listen to Jesus. There was so much compassion oozing as he taught. And it was so cool, and I wasn't finding opportunity to get prayer because, you know, we were busy. We were really involved um, in the church, and Chris kept saying, come on, you got you to get up there and get prayer. We get down to the last night, and, I'm, and there's a line of people. And I'm thinking, there's just not going to be any anointing left for me. <laughs> He's going to be tired. And so he gets up to me, and um, I can be very detail-oriented, and he's like, so what's, you know, what's the problem? I'm like, I have mild dorsal scoliosis and la, la, la. And he's like, what is that? <laughs> it's, you know, it's like pain. He's like, it's, it's in the spine. And so he, he, uh, he took his hands, kind of wrapped them around and, and laid hands on me that way. And all I felt was warmth and peace. And it was so good. <laughs> I didn't think about what's happening to my spine right now. I don't think I even clicked that it was healed right then. And I just carried on the next couple of days. It was like, oh, there 
there's no pain. And I was sitting differently. And uh, what I didn't tell you that is as a kid, because of that bump there, I carried bruising. It was always kind of purple. But it had gone in, and Chris is like, it's gone in. And the Lord healed me. That's one of several things. But the thing that struck me about that, not just that wonderful healing, that the Father loves us enough to give, to give all and heal us, but just the peace and compassion, the love that was ministered while that physical healing was ministered. That's one thing. Another testimony, that same year, it was 19, 1994, I am really dating myself. And somebody brought this up to me earlier and I said, I'm actually going to hit on that today. Um, throughout the, the, the church world, the charismatic world, what hit was the Toronto Blessing. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of the Toronto Blessing. There's one hand, there's two hands. <laughs> oh, there's a few hands there. Um, we called it in our circle the wave of refreshing. And, it, um, and the Lord, I think, started sprinkling in different areas, but the, the Toronto Vineyard has a reputation for having started things. Um, and so it hit in South Africa, and we went down to visit Chris's old church, and they were getting really zapped by the Holy Spirit. What happened was such an outpouring of the Spirit that people were getting drunk in the Spirit, people were laughing, people were falling into trances, all stuff that's in the Word, because it happened on the day of Pentecost, it happened to Peter, you know, when he fell into the trance and the Lord did a huge thing in Peter's heart to, to just um, break off religion and open his heart to see that, that the Father loves Gentiles. And so um, we got hit, I got hit with laughter and just the drunkenness, etc. And, and we came back and our pastor said, pray here, and it broke out and it was... You know, it was a season where, for me, this was the lasting thing. I love it when the Lord does the things of, of zapping and he comes with his power. But for me, I'm always looking for the fruit. Always looking for what happens after this. Um, and so for Chris and I, we're making 25 years in January, so <laughs> this is a long time ago, right? This is, this is, like I said, a year and a half into our being married what we came out of that was with an equipping, not just of, of, of power, but, but there was an equipping for us as a team. I'm sharing this by way of sharing, sharing, yeah, the Father's love and what he does by the power of his spirit. It's such a neat thing that has never left us. God has done amazing things as he's, he's just forged us together more. But that, that moment we can mark as just an equipping time where God just moved us into a greater power ministry and just has saturated us and saturated our hearts for, with his love and for his people. So that's, that's my second testimony. The third one I want to share is more on a practical thing. We've been sharing, right, the different gifts of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, Chris doesn't know I'm going to share this, but Steve brought up a, a few weeks ago when he was talking about gifts of the Father was that sometimes... Um, before we're even saved, we're aware of these gifts, their skills, their abilities, because that's how good the Father is. He gives gifts to mankind. That's his heart. To me, uh, Chris is very skilled with finance and, and strategy. Uh, and he's been hired to, to make systems proficient, and he's good at it. The Lord has blessed him in it. And sometimes he works from home, and I'm doing my, my workout, and his office is, you know, it's all one big room. And I hear him talking to people and coordinating and, and when um, 
he pinpoints something and brings that into the conversation and how he steers. I see his gifting at work and I think I'm so proud of him. But I'm also, I can also see the hand of God. I can see the spirit moving. It's just like the, the word that, you know, the encouragement, the nice thing that Mark said earlier. There's a gifting there. It's like with, with Ken as a, as a CEO. And there are doctors here and there are different professions. There are arts here represented. When we come into an awareness of God in it, it just takes on new levels. And if we press into God just to see his love, I'm, I'm noisy, what am I doing here? Yeah? Is that better? Okay. And then I have clingy earrings. Um, <laughs> but just, the, the, the Father is good. He gives good gifts out of his love. Um, love teaching about this. Over the years, Chris and I have trained the ministry team here, and you know, a couple months ago we reintroduced Rooted in Christ Transformation Ministry, which is about inner inner healing and deliverance. But when we teach on these things, and you know, as as a church, we have our equipped classes where we've taught on the Holy Spirit. We've taught on it. James and Steve have taught on it. We teach on him as a person and what he brings. Um... We touch on how, how Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, how we receive him at salvation, but how there's a separate event whereby we get baptized with him, right? And Jesus is the one that comes and baptizes with the Spirit and fire. But very importantly, in it all, we don't just want people moving out in power, we want to move out in love. Uh, St. Mark, as we prepared yesterday, how scary it would be if we just had a powerful God that wasn't good and loving and whose eternal nature is love. He is a God that is love, right? 1 John 4. So we teach on that and we teach on how do we, how do we see that, right? The fruit of the Spirit, right? Galatians 5.22, is this in our lives? It's the same Spirit that Jesus had. And then some of the recommended readings that we've been seeing over the series come up. 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, you know, Romans 8, uh, etc., John 14 through 16. And then we practice, particularly the prophetic, because that's one of the easiest ways for us to practice showing the love of God to people is by affirming them. Matt's going to talk about more about that, so I'm not going to go into it. Um, and that's why the subject today is just really, it's it's... It's important, central. It, keeps, it, keeps, it kept coming up throughout the thread of this because without it, it's just like 1 Corinthians 13 says, it's, it's nothing, it's noise. So before I launch into my part, I do want to say, I want to um, bring up a couple things that have come up over the series. This is something that came up early. The Holy Spirit is the eternal well of life. The eternal well of life, it springs from him. And something that Steve shared that I loved, all gifts originated from the Father, were established in Jesus, and are administrated and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And as we affirmed again today, all the gifts are there to advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And I'll just add to that, to advance it within ourselves and advance it out here. To see our pre-siblings, our pre-brothers and sisters come to him. The gifts of the Father are commonly known as the grace gifts. Right? And I think it's important to know what, what, what Steve said. Um, um, 
that the gifts and the call are irrevocable. Romans 11, 29. That's how good he is. They don't go away. They don't go away when, when, when we mess up because his heart is always to bring us back around to the eternal, which is love. His heart is always restoration. This, the gifts of the Son, which are actually people, right? Apostles, evangelists, teachers, and pastors. They're there to help us come into maturity in Christ, to help us mature in love, to help us grow up. Really loved the history of the Bible times uh, weddings, and James brought it up again last week. But just being attended to as a bride, the preparation and how we're being prepared. And I just want to encourage us, that's the way that we got to see each other. This person's part of, of, of the bride. I've, I've got to treat them with honor. And I've got to help make them beautiful. That's what we do for each other. Um, all right, that first slide, this is my main point. The point is, as we move in the spirit, we move in God's character and nature, which is love. And then the way to our point is that we understand that we are loved of a father that gave his son. It's the gospel. And it's the gospel continued. That's what, that's what moving in the spirit is, is the continuation of being restored to the father's heart, you know, and, and just becoming more aware of it. It's like it's, from his perspective, that does, it doesn't change. We're loved as ever we will be. It's just our discovery of it. When Jesus, Matthew 3, 16 through 17 says, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. That's our starting point. It's not just that we have to be filled with the Spirit as he was, but to hear that affirmation. The Father saying, This is my beloved Son. With him, I'm well pleased. And living from that and ministering from that. John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're taking bigger steps into coming into that eternal well of life. And Romans 5, 5 says, God has shed his love abroad our hearts by his spirit. I'm going to read through our, our main text. And it's only 13 verses, plus the verse right before it and the verse right after the chapter. You can read with me, it's up there. But earnestly, eagerly desire the higher gifts, and I, and I will show you a still more, or the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or, or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, 
they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Pursue love and earnestly, eagerly, desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. I want to give a little bit of context about this chapter. It's, it's couched between the chapters that speak of the Holy Spirit and his gifts, right, and our being a body. And the chapter, and it, it see. And it, it comes up, it, Paul's, Paul is encouraging the church, even in the midst of some serious issues that the Corinthian church is facing. I mean, there's immorality, there's lawsuits, there's disorder. But even in the midst of that, he's encouraging them to eagerly desire not be ignorant of these. Because it's, it's these things with them that restoration is going to come. God's going to use these things to help to continually restore them. But they should do so, do so with the, the excellence of love. Everything that's highlighted in this chapter, we saw Jesus do. And we see the apostles do in the book of Acts. It's all done with love and power. Why do we see it? Yeah, because when these powerful gifts are at work with love, they do great good. Great good. Um, so if we break this down a little bit, just have a little closer look. I've got a, a slide that has, it's a heavyweight list of gifts. Tongues, prophecy, all mysteries, all knowledge, faith to move mountains, giving everything away and martyrdom, I'll make this list. And when it speaks of tongues, it's not just talking about, you know, speaking in tongues, but gifts to speak, you know, that kind of eloquence, but also the tongues of angels. When Paul came to the Corinthians, he said, you know, he didn't come just trying to be persuasive. He came with power. There was something happening there. But again, without love, it's just noise. And then there's prophecy. Prophecy is powerful. Foretelling, you know, it, even, you know, when you put word of knowledge and word of wisdom all under, under the umbrella of the revelatory gifts, that those are powerful gifts. But it's a noisy gong, right? It's nothing without love. And all mysteries, even the deep parts of, of redemption in Christ, like Paul talks about in the book of Ephesians, it's also a big deal. There, there were mysteries that were hidden from the generations that when Christ came were just being opened up. But is it enough? Not without the nature of who he is. Not without love, it's just religion. And it doesn't change us. And it doesn't transform the world around us. And then there's all knowledge. What Paul says, in, I think in 1 Corinthians again, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. When it comes together, we see the Lord doing wonderful things. And then there's faith, big enough to move mountains. 
You know how we said that the, the gifts and the call are irrevocable and, and how there have been many giftings over the, over the centuries and people that moved in powerful gifting that didn't carry that love and yet God let it continue because he's a merciful God. He's a God that wants to reach his people, even the vessel he's using, right? It's not going to change. It's eternal. Giving away all I have. You can do a lot of good giving away all you have, particularly if you have a lot to give. <laughs> Jesus commended the widow that gave her two mites. She gave everything she had. But wasn't it more about her heart? When she gave all, all of it, she gave all of it. And then there's martyrdom. There are crowns for martyrdom. There's a crown in Revelation too for the martyrs. Think about Stephen just, just um, being stoned to death, but then he sees the glory you know, of the Lord. He's not, like, he's not even there anymore. It's happening. And he's able to say with Jesus, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He's, he's in an eternal realm with the glory of God all around. Let's move on. Verses 4 through 8 talk about how, what love is patient. I want to draw that back to the person of God, right? 2 Peter 3, 9, God isn't slow in keeping his promises. He's patient, not wanting anybody to perish. Love is kind. His kindness leads us to repentance. Doesn't envy, doesn't boast, isn't arrogant, it's humble. Like Jesus, Philippians, right? Have this attitude in ourselves like Jesus who, you know, didn't like ratch, uh, or grab out for his, his, his deity. He submitted himself to the Father in love because he loved him. He wanted to do the Father's will. It doesn't insist on having its own way. It isn't self-seeking. There's no power trip. When you go out to minister in the spirit, when you go out to give your gift, when you're at work doing what you know you're, you're called to do, even in a place that sometimes may be hard for you. I'm doing it all as unto him. I'm doing it in love. I'm trusting him with this. Everything I do is, is, is bigger than the moment because of the one I love and the one that loves me and whose love is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5.5. 5. Love doesn't rejoice when someone's wronged. It isn't vindictive or evil. It rejoices with the truth it bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things, it never ends. And then he flips back to what he kind of started with. As for prophecies, they're going to they're gonna pass away, tongues are going to cease, because we're not going to need these gifts, that's come up too. I have to say it again, we're not going to need them when we see him. We'll see him as he is and we'll be transformed and we will be like him. So the gifts aren't going to be necessary. But I don't want to dwell in that place because our point is that we can bring heaven to earth here. That's come up already today. And because, because love is eternal and it's supposed to be the fruit of what we're doing, we need to eagerly desire the gifts. We need to know we're eagerly desired by the Father, the Son. The Holy Spirit. When it says 
we know in part and we prophesy in part. Just think about the Samaritan woman. Jesus said a couple things to her. About five husbands and the one you have now, he's not your husband either. And she went away and told the village, he told me everything I ever did. No, he didn't. (laughs) But she was in the presence of Jesus. And she knew she was completely known, no matter what he said. She was completely known because she was with him and he's love and he was ministering that to her. Over the years, when we've prophesied to people, we've had people say the same thing to us and we think, no, we didn't. Actually, we stood there thinking, okay, is this right? (laughs) But we're going to trust you, Father. And they were the people that we ministered to encountered God in and they encountered his love. And the transformation they needed came. The shift. Whatever it was. When the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Recall again the gifts of Jesus given to the body so that we mature so that we grow up in Christ, so that we're equipped for service. But again, we won't need it when we're with him. The word translated mature in that passage in Ephesians 4 is the word translated for perfection in 1 Corinthians 13. Are we aware that Paul is making these statements not just to give us a picture of heaven and being with Christ then, but of living from heaven and through Christ now? In John 15:9, Jesus says to his disciples, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. When we abide in his love, we're going to be living from it. So whatever gifting we're moving in, that's just, it's just going to be on autopilot as we just bask in his presence. And really, I think it's always important to keep coming back to that place of it's the gospel continued. It's... it's, it's It's that restoration continued. He forgave me so that I could dwell in his presence and bring heaven to earth. And then Paul goes on into the difference between being a child and being a man. Did you ever think the gifts that sometimes we fear moving in today will one day be child's play? Are you aware in your spirit when you're moving out in a gift that there is this lack of completion with the gift But then there is in his presence, then there is his presence which more than makes up for that lack. That's that's what uh, Chris calls the safety zone. (laughs) Ministering from his presence and knowing he's doing it. It's because of his love. He is the perfect showing up in the imperfect. Because he is love and he is eternal and we're being perfected in love. And then Paul talks about being, um, seeing in a mirror dimly. And you know, back then the mirrors were not as shiny as ours. It was hard to, to see in them. But again, the point is, is, we don't yet see him clearly, but we will on that day. It's like holding on to the eternal and again, bringing it here. I'm saying it over and over because that is the point, that's the main point, is that love and being able to bring that love here is, and knowing we're fr- from a place of continually growing and knowing that love and as a body 
helping to build each other up in that through every gift that God gives. We can see each other in love by His Spirit and in His Spirit of love. I love a quote that, um, I don't know if you're familiar with, with Sean Bowles, he's a modern day prophet. You will never have authority over what you do not love. But God just brings and releases more authority to us when we, when we can show that love because you know, we're safe people then. We're people he can entrust with others. And that, you know, you can take that truth on, on every level of when you're, when you're you know, out at, at work. That, that love is manifested in honor. And it's like, man, there's something about this man. There's something about this woman. How they, how they do what they do in their work. And just, just the favor of God on it and how that affects and I'm not taking away from that day when we will be with him. I mean, that's glorious. But we can see his glory here. The day of the wedding of the Lamb that we're prepping for is beautiful. But in that prep, it's like we're supposed to keep bringing heaven to earth. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's our identity. By his spirit, the Father will use his beloved fallible sons and daughters to minister beyond themselves into the eternal realm of his glory and love. Love keeps it real, simple, and focused on the eternal. Whether I'm leading, or showing hospitality, giving a word of knowledge, healing the sick, bringing deliverance to the oppressed, creating art, getting business strategies, evangelizing, prophesying, the origin of the gift is love. The end goal of the gift is love. I finally want to show that love has to be, uh, it's got to be active. Love is active. Jesus moved out of compassion. He couldn't just, you know, stay basking with the Father. It was the Father's will for him to go out to preach to minister in the power of the Spirit, to die, to defeat death and sin and shame and condemnation and to resurrect again. And remember when Jesus sent out his disciples, he also said, go out and raise the dead. You want to do that too, right? <laughs> it's a powerful mandate, but he's given us the power to do it. He's given us the love to do it by his Spirit. Last week, uh, James said that the grown-up church has a response of faith. In that last verse of, a, of 1 Corinthians 13, it says, now these three things abide, right? Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is love. But faith and hope all lead into that and are made manifest. Galatians 5, 6, the latter part says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. We have a father who wanted to restore us and all creation to himself. And he didn't spare his own son, but gave himself, gave him for us. And Jesus willingly gave himself up. Redemption and restoration, originating love, is still the goal of the gifts. 
And that Romans 8 also says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We move in the Spirit as Jesus did, knowing we're beloved and the Father is pleased with us and he desires to see that reproduced in the lives of those we minister to in the Spirit. That's basically what I had to share. I do want to pray for us because I believe that God would give us more and more of that revelation of love. There's, there's power in that revelation of love. Won't you stand with me? Father, we thank you for sending your son. And Jesus, we thank you for not leaving us as orphans, but filling us with your spirit. We thank you that as you send us, send us out to move in your spirit, that we're not orphans. We have your spirit in us, continually affirming our sonship and teaching us all things about you and about this lavish love, this lavish love by which you've called us your very own, by which you continually restore us and transform us and mature us in you. And thank you that you've made us a body, that all the parts work together to build itself up in this great love. But we just ask for more a greater revelation of this love and a heart to eagerly desire moving with you, partnering with you, being, yeah, the yes and amen, being the amen to your yes, Jesus. We receive from you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you fill us anew, that you give us more. that you envision us in greater ways and that you, Lord God, would just um, manifest your glory and your love. We thank you, we receive again from you. We believe you to be activated in the gifts of your spirit, in the gifts of the Father, in the gifts of the Son. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.